Hey guys, and welcome back to Podcast 3. This is the Japan Show, and we are the Aussie Shoguns. Myself, Mick, and I'm here with Isaac. Konnichiwa, minasan. Konnichiwa. Uh, today, we have a couple of uh, topics we're going to get into. We're going to do a game segment. We're going to do anime and food. All the stuff that hopefully you guys love, because we love oh so much. Do you have anything else to say about that? We just love those things, hey? Nah, food is like life support, and Japanese food's even better, so... Yeah, yeah, very true. Life support. We have life support, and then we have like himatsubushi. There, there's, there's the word of the day. Himatsubushi. It's uh, how to kill your, your like free time. <laughs> Hima being free time, tsubushi being to to, to like blast time. away. So, yeah, to blast away your free time. You get into the games. You get into the anime. It's great. Um, but anyhow, before we get into those things, how you going today, Isaac? I heard you know. You, you're out, you're doing your work, you're doing life, you got some nice food. Yeah, you got, I had a good morning. Well, I mean, it wasn't a good morning in terms of work, but it was a, I, I got up, we'll call that the uh, positive out of it. I got up, went out, worked, went and got some food, went and saw a house, applied for a rental. Yeah. So, didn't do a lot of stuff, but enough. That, that sounds like a pretty full morning. We, we just got to the afternoon, it's the lunchtime here. But uh, that's it. Sounds like you've done a, a decent amount. I woke up to dub my sister, and I woke up to my sister blending a smoothie before she heads off to work. It's her second day. Uh, she just started teaching. Oh, so. she finished. Has she finished a degree? Yeah, yeah. She um, graduated and then got hired by this this school. So she's getting ready for her day. It's a little bit earlier than the normal, and she was just blending up some stuff in the morning. Was that when to. you called me this morning? That yeah, that was like right after I called you. <laughs> because I accidentally called you this morning, and then when you called me back, I was in the middle of a trip. That's why I was like two sets, but I meant two sex. Uh, okay, that's what. You that's meant. why I rang yeah, you back, yeah. and you're like, "Yeah, you, what like do you want pocket, <laughs> you like pocket dialed me, right?" No, I was I was trying to close the little um like the 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 bubble on Messenger and start oh, ringing. Okay, I, yeah. I like you know I declined it instantly, but it still pops up yeah. that I tried to call you. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I saw in the morning when I woke up after the blender. So I was like, oh, I'll just check on what's with this guy. <laughs> My bad. Nah, it's all good. It's all good. I'm awake. I'm feeling great now. I went to the gym this morning. That makes, I don't know about you, but like going to the gym, just doing something physical activity, just making me feel better about my day. I have a lot more stuff leading up to graduation for myself to do. But having done the gym in the morning, I feel like I feel empowered. I do mine. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't have enough time in the morning, so I go generally after I finish work. Yeah. Or during in the middle of the day when it's a little bit deader, but it's, it's exhausting. Bit. Like you finish, you're like, "Fuck, I just want to go to sleep." Yeah, that's you why you need some caffeine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Look, I already had two coffees this morning. All right, you have the caffeine. Anyway, what do you want to lead us into the first segment? Yeah, I can do that. What are we looking at first? We have anime here first, but I think we're going to lead off with the games. The All Faithful Games. We were going to be talking about Ghosts of Tsushima and Final Fantasy XII today, but I have been a little bit busy the last week and haven't had a chance to pop the Final Fantasy XII into, uh, into my PlayStation yet. So it's going to be Nintendo. We've changed topics. So to Nintendo and Ghosts of Tsushima. So maybe you'll uh, talk about Final Fantasy next time when you do have some time to pop it into your 
Yeah. Your, your PS4, much. right? After we yeah. get back from Brisbane. So for the users that don't know, now I'm going to Brisbane to see Mick next week. So we'll have a in-person recording next week and then maybe the week after if he comes back up. Sounds, yeah, exactly. Wait, so did you just like recently buy Final, Fan- Final Fantasy? No, no, I got gifted it for, I don't know, I think birthday last year for my brother-in-law. Um, okay, and you just haven't got around to yeah. having time for it. Yeah, I've heard I've heard fantastic things. If people people who follow the Japanese like learning uh, learning community, if you know this guy Dogen, um, he always talks about Final Fantasy is like one of the only games that's got him. He's like a full time dad, and he full time dad, full time YouTuber, patron uh, person, and Final Fantasy was one of those games that he felt so good about like the story. And everything that when they released the remake of it, that's the only game that he was like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll play it again. And he, he played it again. He like shared it on his YouTube channel. And I was like, man, it gets, gets me. I have never thought about playing the game, but it made me think about playing the game the way he was describing it. He's a good salesperson for Final, Final Fantasy. <laughs> Most good YouTubers are good salespeople. True, true. You can trust him. Anyway, do you want to lead us with, I guess you're talking about Nintendo today? Yes, we'll touch on Nintendo. Um, Nintendo's been around for donkey's yonks. Like, ever since I was a kid, it's been around. It's been around longer than me. Um, Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. So, I guess we'll start from my childhood. And uh, go from there. Like, I grew up with the Nintendo DS. Moved on the DS lot. Had a Game Boy there for a little bit. And then ended up getting the Nintendo Wii when I was about 10. Yeah, um, and then more recently, I got the Switch, which I believe you picked up as well. Yeah, I got the Switch because of the the whole pandemic lockdown. I was like, I need something to do. I'm in the house. We have five family members here. We need something to just like chillax and and play. So I, I picked up a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, so like games that got me into Nintendo as a child. Like my dad got me my first Nintendo um, DS and started out at Pokemon. Pokemon Emerald was my first oh, ever yeah. game that like I owned. I feel like I have so many friends that played Pokemon and I just missed out completely. The only Pokemon game that I have like fully immersed myself in was Pokemon Go because I was in Japan at the time and it just exploded so much and I had like free like free unlimited data. Like even if I passed my data, they wouldn't cut the data. And so um I just had the ability to yeah, cut past the data, keep playing Pokemon Go, and I'd run around Tokyo with a friend, um, and we would meet up with, like, random uh, Japanese salarymen, and we'd just meet up with, like, other, yeah, random people on the street that were playing Pokemon Go as well. And I had no idea what any of the Pokemon were, because my phone, I was trying my best uh, to be learning Japanese. So I put my phone in Japanese. I didn't know the Pokemon's name in English or in Japanese. I was just collecting stuff and hoping for the best, Checking with my friend, uh, like what Pokemon were what. And uh, yeah, I had a pretty fun time though. I can see why people would get into Pokemon. I wish I got into Pokemon earlier. Cause that's, that, how you, that's how you do it though. You put it all in Japanese and you just go for it. Yeah, exactly. But like I, I wish I got into it earlier because then I would have known what's up and I would have been like more passionate about like what I'm collecting. I just was really interested by the whole from an outsider, from someone who doesn't know Pokemon, I was really interested in just watching how all these 
all these people who I felt like there was some people who were super into Pokemon and people who had like lived through it, like maybe like yourself who um, had childhood Pokemon stuff um, just in Japan that, yeah, it all came together to do this like collecting in real world. It was really bizarre. Yeah. So I didn't really play much Pokemon Go. Like I had Pokemon Emerald when I was young. Um, and as I moved up the ages, you know, I played most of them. I think I stopped about when Heart Gold and Heart Silver were released. Um, and then more recently, I got back in when the new one came out because I would like the look of it. It's just plenty different to the old Pokemons and how they function. Same like same core thing, but there's different in the way the game handled and played. And like, oh, it's an open world in this one, and which not saying yeah. it wasn't before, but like. It was 3D as well. It had so many different aspects that I thought I would enjoy. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I thought about it. I got um, our other mate in Townsville. I think, you know, who I'm t- talking about, he came to visit me and he picked up a, a Switch himself because he was like, he, he came, he, we played Super Smash, Smash Bros. Uh, and then he was like, I'll pick one up as well. We can play Smash Bros online. So we played online for a bit. And then he picked up the Pokemon. I did think about it. I haven't picked it up yet, but maybe I should. It's worth it. Definitely worth it. Got probably, yeah. You know, put forty hours into that game. It was a good time. Didn't really That's a uh, decent amount. Yeah, didn't play overly. Like I wanted to complete the decks. I didn't in the yeah. end just because I ran out of things to do and time. Life yeah. pulls you by. You know what I mean. And so yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. And also, to, to to go back on Pokemon Go, although that's not our segment. Our segment's Nintendo, but like on Pokemon Go, I feel like because in Australia data costs so much for mobile data and pokemon go drains data like nothing else so that's why i had i had the upper hand in japan where even if i passed my data they would just like let let me still keep going but on slower data which is still fine because you can still use it to to catch the pokemon but here in australia just it costs so much i paid 20 dollars a month for the the one in japan yeah where you're comparing that to australia where I'm playing 50 bucks a month for 40 gigs of data. Jeez. It's a, it's a bit of a difference. And then from there, it's uh, I think it's like $10 per extra gig or something. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just, I'm wishing, I'm hoping for the days when Australia catches up data-wise with mobile stuff, man. I'm just praying for the days when Australia catches up to Japan in general. Oh, that's that's some... <laughs> fair enough fair enough well i think is there anything else that you want to share about nintendo i didn't have too much like of a of a childhood with nintendo but like you you more or less did my dad shared with me this morning that he had some like the first kind of game boy stuff where it would only come with one game he said he he got the the one with donkey kong where it yeah. only came with the donkey kong game i remember that yeah. they had that at school and like after school, I'd always used to sneak off the office and steal the Game Boy and play it. Man, I wish I had a story like that. Like, my family, I don't know why. We just weren't so much into Nintendo. I ended up getting an Xbox was my first console. Um, and then after that, I had friends when I was living in Canada. I had friends that were, like, really into the Wii and playing, like, Guitar Hero and, like, Wii Sports. I don't know why we played oh, Wii Sports. I love so Wii Sports. I still love it that. Was, so much I fun with bowl- family. The bowling game was great, right? Yeah. Have you seen those like uh, videos where they're bowling and then they release the controller, hits the TV and smashes the TV? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always played with the straps on. We always had to. But yeah. I, I bought the Wii. That was my first Nintendo console I got was I saved up. I did a paper route 
Um, and I like, uh, yeah, delivered papers to everyone in the complex and all the streets around me. And I saved up my little my little money that I got from that every month. And then I ended up buying a, a Wii uh, and I got like the Guitar Hero set with like the drums and stuff. I think my parents helped pitch in with that kind of stuff because it was more expensive. But yeah, I remember, I remember that was my first. Birthday. Yeah, that was like my first my first Nintendo console for like me personally. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play Wii Sports. I'm going to be the best Guitar Hero player around. I kind of miss Guitar Hero, to be honest, like the old Guitar Hero, like the good Guitar Hero. The classic, okay. Yeah. But more recently, I know you've been playing Animal Crossing hardcore for a while there. That's true. You got me there. Uh, like the COVID lockdown really got me in a mood for playing uh, Nintendo. I played Animal Crossing. I had friends in Japan that I was able to kind of go into like their Animal Crossing and like their world, their island that they're building. I was building my own island. Uh, I go by codename Batman like all the time. So I, I built my island like based off of Batman and like made a bat symbol in it. I had fun. I did too. I mean, I played it for, I don't know, I think I ended up singing like 30 hours into it. And it was enjoyable. I just, it was very repetitive. So like after about 30 hours, I was like, do I really want to tear down this place and rebuild it or, you know? Like it's yeah. it's great for people that are creative and have the time to just sit there and create something magical. Because I saw a lot of things that, where people were creating magical places. It just, that's not my style of game. Yeah, exactly. I think there was so many creative people on YouTube that were making Animal Crossing create just insane islands or like digging up the entire island and making it all water. That was, I saw a couple of those. Yeah. Pretty funny. A lot of cool ideas there that I saw too. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. It's like one of those things that it's a bit repetitive. If you have creative ideas and stuff, I like that's what I liked about like making it in the first place, but then I was like, I'm happy with this and I don't really want to do it again. Yeah, and like once you got the islanders you like, you're like, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Don't really have anything more to do. I've caught all the fish I wanted to catch. I mean I would like to catch more, but I don't want to wait six months to be able to catch another fish. Yeah. Like for the change of season. Like for the change of season. And I'm not putting my like console ahead in time because there's no point in doing that. I'm just wasting my own time. Yeah. I feel that. And then to swap it over to Smash Bros, because that's something I've been playing more consistently because I got that as one of the first games, and then I've still been playing it pretty recently. I have a lot of friends in Canberra who are really into the game and really good at the game. Um, there was, like, a whole thing with the community recently uh, where Smash Bros wasn't getting support from Nintendo, so that's been a thing. Like, Smash Bros and then, what was it, um, Splatoon? Mm-hmm. Like the professional side, they weren't getting that much support and they were even getting like pulled, like the Nintendo was pulling tournaments on them and stuff. So I hope that like clears out because I don't know what Nintendo isn't seeing, but like, or what their plans are. But there's so many games recently with esports taking, like, um, coming up with, uh, what was it? What What's the really big one that all the kids are into? Oh, like you've got Dota Fortnite. or LOL. Oh, Fortnite's Fort one of them. Sorry, I, I forgot that Fortnite was a thing. Yeah, no, there, it was a, there was a Fortnite one and then the company from Fortnite, they ended up holding this big Worlds, one, Worlds uh, Fortnite game and the 16-year-old won like a couple million dollars from, from coming first. And like, I don't think people understand how much you have to play the game and how good you have to be at any game to come first in an eSports. Oh, so I say... Yeah, completely. Yeah. Like, I'll give a quick example. A little bit off topic, but 
Dota is one of those games that has a major following and is an esports similar, similar concept, similar like map. Um, and I I don't want to say I suck at the game, but I, I would say I'm average. Whereas he's in the upper echelon of players in Immortal. And to give you a skill bracket wise, they run off like zero to six thousand. So if you took where I'm at, it'd probably be about two thousand. He's at about six thousand. Some of the pros in that game are around 8,000. So, like, even if you're that good, like, you still have to be able to break... Because it's a team game, so you still have to be able to break into a team, and then the team has to be performing for you to win anything, right? So, like, the, these people that win at that level, they're not, like, just doing it once a, well, like once a day. They're practicing, like, eight, nine hours a day. Yeah, so, like... Okay, so to break it down, zero is the very bottom. 2,000 is probably average. Then your friend or, or like, really good players are 6,000-ish. And then professional players are like 8,000. Yeah. Right. So points wise, if you're thinking like that, um, yeah, it takes a lot. And I, I've played a couple of games myself. And I think, yeah. So my example from Fortnite is that this, it takes so much for this player. Although he's 16. Yeah. Um, he's been sinking a lot of time into that, which probably worried his parents and probably still does in some aspects. But then he walks away with a couple million and they're like, ah, we'll support you. Yeah, and then they they see that you know the world is changing, and you know esports has a lot of money because there's so much uh, eyeballs, especially from the pandemic online, that can watch and support these players. So when it comes to Nintendo and Smash Bros and uh, Splatoon, I'm not really into Splatoon, but I just know that like that they were the ones that were having trouble. Like Nintendo's not letting them have these big tournaments. Or they're not like being supportive of it, and I don't understand exactly why. I hope that changes because there's so many big esports coming out, and I would love to see more competitive Smash Bros. Because as it is, it's it's a growing scene, and there are some really talented players playing uh, Smash Bros. out there. If anyone has a quick search on YouTube, there's some pretty cool, uh, cool mashups, some cool final blows. Yeah, like I think. Esports is one of them things that's always going to continue to grow, especially as we move towards a technological age. Um, and I think it's like, you know, I think it's an actual viable career path now. Like if people or kids wanted to, they could go down that route. Uh, but it's like a normal job, right? It's pro sports players, you know, yeah. AFL, rugby, you have to sink the hours in. And do parents really want their kids sitting there watching or playing games 24-7 to get that good? It's a hard topic. Like, it, like it's a hard decision that I think make. I think if we go go deeper on the topic we should do it on another another segment but yeah definitely I see like one of the biggest worries or what like big streamers often say is like just make sure and do your studies as well as doing the games that way if you get if you actually get good at a game but you're actually good at your studies as well you have opportunities like galore you don't yeah. have same yeah. with like when sports players go off you know they especially in America they go to college they have to pass their college degrees to be able to play same yeah. thing. It should be same thing everywhere. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, it's it's good just in general to you know, get some some more extracurricular like education, go to university and do that kind of stuff on top of yeah, games and I think that's a healthy way to go about maybe, so to speak. Mm. Um Yeah. Do we But anyway, wanna... that's nin- Nintendo. Yeah, I might talk about Ghost of Tsushima for a, for a quick second. It was just a little game, you know. Uh, a couple of people talked about it. 
I wouldn't call it a little by any stretch of the imagination. It was a, it was a pretty long game to be honest. I like I wouldn't say long. Hey, it was just like really fulfilling. I felt fulfilled when I played Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I was playing it with my dad. Um, he ended up platinuming the game before me, but I finished the game before him. I finished the game and then I got a little bit lazy and I didn't want to platinum it. I was playing it on PS4. Um, really, really good game. It was made by an American company, Sucker Punch. So to put that forward, put that ahead to you guys. Ghost of Tsushima. I did a little bit of research afterwards because it was I was just really interested in in the, the story that they shared. But Ghost of Tsushima uh, is an island where Tsushima is an island that you can go to in Japan. There's doesn't seem like there's a lot of stuff there. Um, I found a YouTube video with a, with a girl who was uh, he, she did ALT work. She was like a teacher there and it was just like a little countryside island pretty much. Um, but it seems really cool and Apparently, you know, there's some stuff with I can't remember which country it was that was invading like wars or like history kind of stuff. But it, it tries to portray a decent amount of that history through the game and then through this storyline of these characters that they're they're building. I think it's and done so, a really good job of that. I haven't played it yet and it is on mm-hmm. my next playlist. But I feel like from what I've seen of the game that they've done a really good job of portraying all that stuff. Yeah, I felt like that's why the storyline felt so smooth. There was a lot of side quests that at some point I was feeling a little bit tired of side quests because I just I wanted the points to upgrade stuff or like the the money to like get some more clothes or whatever. And I was like, I feel like maybe they could have had a couple less side quests, but there's some people that really enjoy the side quests. So I'm not going to complain too much about that. Um, I think like the the main storyline was fantastic um and a lot of the characters that they mixed in on the side quests that like culminated to getting together for like the final and like the last quests like the main quests uh and so the way that it kind of like in entangled it like went in together um connecting side quests to the main quest was kind of cool but no, it was a really beautiful game as well. Maybe that's something that you've also been able to see on the trailers. It was just as beautiful as the first trailers that they released. Mm, like when you were playing it, I was down there a little bit when you were playing it. And just from what I saw from when you and your dad were playing it, it was a very beautiful game. Like it was also smooth and crystal clear. Yeah, I was super surprised. The terrain, the way that you like go around to different areas uh, and the way that it was reactive. So on what point in the story you were at changed maybe like the areas. So if there was a, a village that had been set on fire, right? Um, of course it would be like decimated after the storyline, after that happens. Um, but like the way it actually properly like changed and they had like the graphics and it, the visually was still just looking fantastic. Like even after it goes through the, these changes. And so I just think the quality, the standard of the quality of the game was really high. And, um, yeah, I'm excited, I guess, to see what they were talking about a possible Ghost of Tsushima 2 or going off of another uh, story. But I guess we'll see what happens with uh, Sucker Punch. I don't know what studio it was, but I'm pretty sure they're in the middle of recruiting. I've seen a lot of posts on Facebook saying that a 2 is a definite. Pretty sure it was Ghost of Tsushima where they've been putting out a lot of job ads looking for people to work on games. So I think there is a second one coming. How long? Probably looking two, three years. Yeah, I mean, with the success that they had, uh, I, 
I don't think there's too many people that really adored Sucker Punch beforehand. They had they had a couple of good games that had come out before. I'm not familiar myself. I remember I had some of them. Like if it was Infamous, I think. Yeah. Uh no, I think that was done by a different company. I th- are you sure? I think Infamous was uh, Sucker Punch. Let me have a little squiz. Let's yeah, let's have a little squiz. Good thing we have computers these days, hey. I know, right? We lost without them. What a what a helpful way to just check up on everything. Yeah, infamous second son. They had infamous two, Sly Cooper and the something rather. Oh, okay, it is. Yeah, Sly. Yeah. Sly Cooper was one of my favorite games, but we'll leave that for another day. Okay. For me personally, um, I had infamous second son. I played like maybe two or three hours of it, and then I just quit on it. So I didn't know, I personally didn't know Sucker Punch that much, but when Sucker Punch came out with Ghost of Tsushima, I was like, man, these people worked hard at this game and I can really get behind this. You know yeah, what I mean? It was definitely a good game. Yeah, it looked like their, their company went quiet for a little while until they released it last year. Well, Sucker Punch had been creating all the first person, or was it third person? I'm pretty, I don't know, it was one of the two. But they like it was yeah. a different style of game that they were creating. So I think their last publish was uh, Second Son in 2014. So they went quite six years creating a new IP, Ghost of Tsushima. And a lot of new IPs take a lot of money. So like Sony's throw a lot of cash at them to be able to like create this IP. Yeah, that they do. Uh, takes takes money to make the world go round. Eh? <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> But uh, no, Ghost of Tsushima, I can recommend. And for any of who, who, well, I mean, everyone knows Nintendo, but Nintendo is just fantastic. So, of course, uh, get behind the Smash Bros. community. That's what I say. That's that's my favorite ongoing thing. But the, the other games that they bring out are fantastic as well. I've heard good things about Mario Odyssey. Yeah, uh, really good. Really good playthrough. I have played that. It's really good. Oh, okay, yeah. So, I mean, it would be, it'd be good to try some of those, uh, some other games. I hope to... Get some some more time to play through some of those for like the Nintendo first party games. Mm, yeah, yeah. I might have to bring Odyssey down for you. All right, thank you. Um. Anyway, maybe we'll go into what shall we do next? We'll go into anime. Yeah, I feel like we should go into anime first, and then into food because one of our animes is food based. Oh, I see. I see what you did there. That's why we're changing up the same. We'll leave the food based one until later then. You're a genius, my guy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, so to get into our anime segment, anime segment, like some sort of, you know, it'd be cool if we had a a tone for it. Yeah, but we don't, Um, so don't sing. (laughs) Yeah, we don't. Apologies to everyone's eardrums. Um, I guess we'll start about talking about Dr. Stone. Well. Do we get straight into Dr. Stone? I reckon. We got a whole first right. season there and the first episode of the second season. We do. So a quick warning because um, we want to talk a bit more freely about the first season. It'll be soft spoilers. We Nothing like into, hardcore. Yeah, no details, but like for any of you who have not seen it and don't want to know anything about it, now just skip a bit ahead. But I mean soft spoilers so hopefully you'll still enjoy it if you haven't heard about it and you want to go watch it general storyline you want to give it to us isaac yeah so world's got stoned <laughs> that sounds weird 
But uh, <laughs> so pretty much they're all like, you know, average day kids going to high school, doing their thing. And then boom, everyone gets petrified like that. Yeah. Light from the top of the world spreads out and everyone turns to stone. It's kind of the basis yep. of the story. A big green it ends beam. there. Um, you, you should probably introduce that the main characters. <laughs> well, so the main the main characters at the start are Senku, um, and I forget the other two. You got the I female know, right? and the male that are like the side main characters. This is the thing, right? You only see them for not very long in the story so far. You know that they're important. Yeah. Um, but then, so again, there's soft spoilers, but you see them at the beginning of season one, and then events occur and then they have to split up for the better good and so you just stop seeing the side of the other characters which is a guy who's uh oh yeah. brawny i want to call him they brawny call, they, like sen, sen calls him dekabutsu dekabutsu i don't know it's just like a monster almost like, yeah he's yeah. just like brawn yeah he's a brawl kind of guy just has all the the might and strength to carry and do all the labor jobs for everyone and uh, he goes away with the girl that he likes on, you know, away for the better good, splits up from, uh, they go with like the baddies to be like secret agents, kind of, kind of, kind of gig. And uh, Senkun continues on. He's the like science crazy kid. So before the world turned to stone, he was uh, a big science boy. He was in the labs at school. He had his own lab at home and he was just, he was a genius. Literally. Would you say that's a genius? Yeah. Like that dude knows more than I know, and he's like sixteen, and I'm what twenty two. Yeah, he was making like he was making everything by scratch. I remember they they like played through some of the stuff when he was kid, like when they were kids. Just setting like off a rocket in the uh, garden or the uh, pet park. Sorry, they're like yeah, they're yeah. trying to set this rocket on fire. Uh, and yeah, not a not a true story. People aren't setting rockets off in the gardens in in Japan. Um, just <laughs> it was it was pretty great though how they played back. And then there's just these kids and they're like shooting rockets and they're into space and they have like their little dolls of themselves. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. So then they kind of move on. They split, as Mick said. Um, some more events happen. Senku meets some more people. Um, I'm not going to say would they hate him or love him because I want you guys to find that out. Um, yeah, you should go watch that to find that out. But yeah. Sen can find some more people and, you know, there, there's, of course, there's some people that are going to help him and against him and they try and play on all the different characters. But he finds more people and he tries to pursue uh, bringing science back. So the world has been frozen in stone. Everyone's been stoned for, what is it, like 10,000 years or something? Oh, something ridiculous like that, yeah. Yeah, and so like pretty much the world as we know it, all the concrete, all of the everything has just gone away um, and the nature has taken over. And it's not just like gone away, it's like completely crumbled, like gone back into the earth. Yeah. This is what I found interesting was when Senku was managed to be able to free himself, right? He did it yeah. in a, I don't feel like this is too big a spot, but he did it in a specific um, season, right? So that he wouldn't freeze to death. Yeah. And from my understanding of when I've only watched it once, I haven't gotten to get through a second time, but from what my understanding was is that if their mind is still conscious, then they're not dead. 
Uh, yes. Yeah, I think that's but correct. Then they make this certain fluid to bring people back, and yeah. it, like they can, they just seem to revive anyone. Like, how do so, you know if their so, mind's dead or not? Is the thing. Yeah. So the first, because I I started rewatching it again just before the second season came out, which uh, we'll we'll get to our our thoughts and no spoilers in a minute, but. In the first season, when they first start releasing people, yeah, Sanguine is the first one that comes up because he's been counting every second and knows exactly how long it's been that he's in stone. And uh, yes, everyone's going to say that's impossible, blah, blah, blah. But it's anime. It's not impossible. And so my guy's been counting and he gets, yeah, he gets out of the rocks. And in the first solution that he makes that breaks rocks, uh, exactly like you said, so they have to be like awake in their mind. And they have to be like fighting for something. And there's not a lot of people that would survive that like 10,000 years of just being stuck in stone and like fighting for something in their head. So that's why he goes for Dekabutsu or like whatever his actual name is. <laughs> um, and he, he goes. F- Taiji? Taiji? Oh, yeah, yeah. It might be something like that. You could, you could have a quick look it up. Yeah, I'm going to have um, a look. But that's why he goes for him was because he knew that he was protecting the girl that he liked at school when when the whole thing when everyone turned into stone so he was like this guy has a reason to be awake and so he he had tried pouring it on other people and it didn't work um and so he uh yeah got his his mate released second and then they worked together to create the next solution that could just uh break people out of stone as long as they were still in intact. So some people losing some arms, limbs, like their head. Obviously, you can't wake wake those people up. They're just they're stuck stone as they are. <laughs> wake them up. Their heads just splattered across the ground. Yeah, I feel like they wouldn't appreciate as much. They would have just rather stayed stone. Um, but yeah, so that's that's like their first solution. And then because they had science, they had senkun, and they had like the 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 muscle power to create more things. They made the second solution, which helped more people, even if you weren't like awake in the head. Yeah, which is kind of cool. If that makes sense. Did you find his name? No, I can't find his name. It's still in my head. In. You can't find his name. Ah, that's rough, man. Well, let's call him Dekabutsu for now. Um, if we talk about Dr. Stone again, or if you're interested, uh, have a quick squiz. Dr. Stone characters. <laughs> but... um. Do you want to get? Do we have another anime, or are we getting into? It is. It's it's Taiju. Oh uh, yeah, it is Taiju. Okay. And then the female is Yuzuriha. Oh yeah, I got it up here. Yuzuriha. So Taiju is uh, nicknamed Dekabutsu from Senku, and Yuzuriha is the the female character. They're the, like three main friendos back from high school. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on heading into season two? There's, if you've watched the trailers, there's some things going, like, there's two different sets of people going to war. You watch the first episode, bit of like a refresher, bit of a, we're going to ease you into this. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, so I'm going to just break the ice with that. So the second season is called Stone Wars. And so you can imagine what that's going to be. And if you haven't seen season one, you better watch it and then get watching this. Um, yeah, my thoughts on it. I'm excited to see how it goes, how they go about it. I'm excited to see 
Senkun, and especially in the first couple episodes, uh, what they've been creating with their, their science brains uh, seems pretty cool. I'm pretty excited to see what their next steps are because they're pretty much just trying to bring all the technology back in this world where there's no, there's nothing. Yeah, I feel like that first episode, they uh, they just went like on a, they did a creation because he does these creations and they show you like how he makes these things. And so the creation was just one of them goofy ones where it's like, oh, we're going to make this. And they go about and do it in the one episode. So, you know, it's nothing too serious, but like it was pretty cool to watch what they did and how they did it. Yeah. And you can tell, like, I, I think what I've enjoyed through the first season into the second season now as well is the pace that they, they keep the anime at. So at first it is a struggle and you can see they do like these huge time lapses with like going through time and how, how long it takes to get to the next step and to create something new. And then in like the more uh, recent episodes in, in season two, they like get to a point where they have enough stuff that they've created already that helps them create the next things. And so that's why in the one episode they are able to create a little something and show you, yeah, the steps that they go through. And using like all those previous, uh, what do you call them? Previous inventions that they've had there from before. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's that's really cool how it's been connected and how it's slowly been speeding up um, through, yeah, their inventions and then connecting them together to create more stuff. It's It's pretty cool. For sure. We'll move on to Shokugeki no Soma. Uh, we, we shall. Uh, for all the English viewers that, that watch Food Wars, Shokugeki no Soma, uh, there was five seasons apparently. Was there? I thought it was four. No, there was five because there was the fifth Yeah, we point. checked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we checked. I think it might have it might have been five because they split one, like season three into, into two parts. It might have been something like that. But season five wasn't long either, which is what baffled me because... It went something like 24, 13, 25, 13, 13 or something like that. Yeah, I think uh, it could have been longer. I think a lot of people appreciate the series, but I'm not sure how it went in Japan. Like, I'm not sure why they ended to, they chose to end this series. Maybe the writer was a little bit tired of, it, it had, when did the series get started? Oh, it started like back in 2014, I think. Like yeah. the manga or the anime? Like the manga. So, like, I know that, um, yeah, the, the anime started in 2014. But like, the first, oh, here it is. So, in November 2012. Okay, 2012 was the 52nd issue of, of um, 52nd issue of Shokugeki no Soma. So, that leads me to think that this is has been going on for a while, right? If that was the... If they had 52 issues by then. Is that right? I'm just having right. a quick look as well. But like that, if that's the case, right, then that's been going for, you would say, well, that's eight years to now, roughly. Yeah. So like, a, and a couple, at least a couple of years before that as well then. And so I can see that if a writer wants to get something new, new on their plate, not, not to throw a good pun in there, they don't throw something new on their plate, they uh, might have to ditch, uh, yeah, Food Wars. Um, but no, it was a really enjoyable anime. From my own from my own perspective, maybe I'll share, I learned a lot of cooking terms. Um, it was a, you know, 
I watched it with uh, Kazane, my girlfriend. It was a pretty interesting experience uh, being able to to learn words like that. And then I would go like look up recipes when I was living in Japan and I'd see like the words or like the ingredients that they were using. I was like, oh yeah, I feel good. Learn how I know to that. Cook. Yeah. And then uh, my, my girlfriend shared with me as well when she was working uh, bef- beforehand, there was this day where they were testing, they were tasting some food uh, at like the food hall and they had to like express what they thought of it. And she's, she came back and told me, like, oh, because we've been watching Shokuyaki no Soma, I was able to express just, like, in the perfect vocabulary, like, what I thought of each food. And it felt fantastic. And so even even she said that she was leveling up through watching this. It was pretty funny. That's really interesting, right? Because she's Japanese and, like, yeah. she's grown up in Japan. So for someone to say that and learn new words, like, even... When I watch something in English, it's not often I'm like, I learned a whole new vocabulary today. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you have that experience of learning a bunch of new things within something you already know what you're doing kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it might have not been um, new words specifically, but it was like how to describe food in such a way. So like how to use those words very descriptively was like something that happened... Um, when they taste the food in Chokuyuki no Soma, when they taste the food and the judges are like super, super, super descriptive of like why the food is good or or like why the balance is off. Um, that I think was was what helped her with like how to choose and how to describe something. It was really interesting. Yeah. See, like I, I still feel like even in Australia, even if I'm eating something, I'm like, hmm. you know, I can describe. Maybe it's a different like sensation being like in Japanese when you're describing something because they are so precise with words. Yeah. It's like they have the word, you know the word umami, right? Yeah, which doesn't really have an English translation. No, it doesn't. But like it's super, super important in in Japanese cooking and in Japanese food. They always talk about umami um, because it's it's like... I believe the translation is something along the lines of flavor is like the loose translation at its basis. Yeah, at its core... Um, yeah, probably food, but then it's like, yeah, flavor of the food. And then umami is like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You it's know so I mean? hard because it's not quite there, but it's, that's probably as close as you'll get. Hey, in English. Yeah. Like there's, there's no direct translation and it's used so frequently, but I feel like umami is direct, like the loosest translation you will get is flavor. Yeah. And, and like the, the, the line that they always have. Like something like that. I don't know exactly. I can't remember. But like, it's like umami is like the flavor that through all, through everything that you've just like perfectly weaved together and you've just created like this depth of flavor. It's almost, yeah, maybe it's depth of flavor is like umami. Yeah, you could use that word, depth. I still don't feel like it translates easily. Yeah. I still don't feel like it does either. But how did how did you find uh, Food Wars? I enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed it. Like first season hooked me in, second season just as good. And then we hit the third season, steaming at a good pace. Soma's doing his thing, whooping ass, sharpening knives, cooking really tasty food. And then it takes a twist and I'm like, okay. I didn't want that to happen, but let's see where this goes. Because it wasn't really like one of those twists where it was expected or anything it was one of them unforeseen twists that 
I was like, oh, I don't like the direction this is now heading in. And because they they cut the season there too, it's not like they continued it on. They cut the season. I was like, oh, well, guess I gotta wait till next season. <laughs> guess that's the worst. Hey, like when they leave you hanging and you're like, I just want an answer to that one thing, but I I guess you want me to watch the next season. So fair enough. Yeah. Or when they just leave the anime hanging, never at another season. That's also true. That's a rough one. You gotta you gotta start reading the manga then. I guess. Hey, some more Japanese practice from a guy. We need to start a, a manga club with you. Yeah, we've been talking about this for months. We have been. Um, if more people want to get interested, I don't know. Maybe that's something we could do. Is any who here is interested in in doing a manga club? We're talking about reading it in Japanese and then uh, sharing what sharing what we've learned. Or so if you that, don't like study Japanese, you could read in English and then still share what you thought. I mean, I guess. Yeah, if, but we're talking we, about being inclusive here. They all like Japan. True. You're all. You're all. So, you're so nice. That's very true. All right. I'm sorry for being mean, guys. That's just my my language enthusiasm inside of me. Um, yeah, we can all like read it. Isaac and I, I'm gonna push Isaac to read it in Japanese and see what he learns. Uh, and myself, what I learned because there's still some good words I I can learn. And going back, um, past Chokuriking Soma, back to Doctor Stone, there's a lot of cool scientific words that I've learned from that. Uh, reading the manga and watching the anime. And so. I'm excited for season two. What am I going to learn? What cool words? I don't even try with that. <laughs> to the point where it's like, oh, these words are so big. I've got so much other stuff to learn first. Let me watch this in English, like subbed, and then I'll come back to it when I'm more experienced and understand less scientific words, but more of everything else. Yeah, that's fair. But like, here's what I'm going to say to you, right? Now this is just like a Isaac, Isaac and me talk. When, when you get into, because Senkun is teaching people that don't know anything about science, right? That's sure. what makes it easy. That's what makes it more understandable is because like he's already dulling down what it means. And then he'll have like the technical, he'll share like technically to the audience, like what it means. And then he'll dumb it down and be like, yeah, this is, this is what it technically, like what it is kind of, I guess. So yeah, but I still like, got to understand the dumbed down version. Okay. Yeah. True. True. <laughs> But um, yeah, from Shokugeki no Soma, from our food, from our food anime, we'll get into our food segment. Um, and today, we have a lot of different uh, foods that we like from Japan. There's tons and tons, and the Japanese cuisine is never ending. Uh, they have the classic that everyone knows: sushi and sashimi. Sashimi just means raw fish or meat. Uh, ramen. They have tempura. Kare uh, rice, which is just the yeah, curry on rice. Uh, okonomiyaki, we talked about a little bit, I think, uh, in the Osaka yeah. podcast. Shabu uh, shabu, which is kind of hot pot. Uh, miso soup, uh, which is, uh, yeah, miso. If you if you don't know what it is, look it up. It's a, it, They eat it a lot, miso soup. Uh, it's like yaki- the staple. Yeah, the staple. That and yaki- rice. Yeah, and yakitori, which is uh, generally like, Chicken sticks. Yeah, it's chicken sticks, but it it can be meat. It can also be vegetables. They go to yakitori. like They have whole stores about it. It's fantastic. Yakitori. Onigiri, if you're going to go to the the convenience stores. What onigiri do you like, Isaac? Are we talking like onigiri as in the rice bowl onigiri or the onigiri where you have stuff on top? The 
the triangles. Onigiri as in the ones that you get at uh, the the con- the convenience stores, the konbini in Japan, and you get the the triangles with the rice and the flavor in the middle and the, the seaweed on the wrapping. I haven't really had a lot. I think I've only had one or two. Because, like, I haven't spent that long in Japan, right? Like, I've only spent a total of four weeks there, much to my dismay. Um, so, like, I think I've had the tuna one, which was actually really nice, and the salmon yeah. one. The tuna one is probably my favorite, but that that is another food that we can talk about again sometime then and, I guess, have a bit of a research. But onigiri is one of those, as well as udon, soba. We have gyudon or don dishes. Don is just the rice bowl dishes. Uh, we have matcha and sweets, gyoza, karaage, yakiniku. Uh, there's tons and tons of food, and we'll hopefully be able to touch on all these topics. Uh, oh, sorry. Lastly, bento. I almost forgot bentos. Um, and we'll hopefully be able to touch on more of these food topics in the future. So if you have a specific food topic or some type of food that you really love and you want us to talk about and give our opinion on, or maybe some hot stores to go visit uh, on your trip to Japan, then let us know. But for today, we're going to get into ramen and bentos. I feel like we should try making onigiri next week and then get back to the people. Uh, we should, yeah, do you want to know more about onigiri? We'll do a huge research project on our onigiri, hey? Not just that. I want to try making one like when I come down next week. That and matcha, uh, mochi. Oh, you know what? We could totally do that. I can see us doing that. We can make rice balls. We can do it. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to you with that one. We'll get back to you. But anyway, today, do you do you want to start us off with uh, bentos, my friend? I feel like ramen's such a better starting point for this because there's so much to cover on ramen first. So I'll go with ramen first. All right. Yeah. That's fair enough. So for those of you who don't know too much about ramen or just really like eating ramen but maybe haven't looked into yeah, how ramen is created or like what the broths are or this kind of thing, right? I did a little bit of research or I just made sure to make it a little bit wordy and descriptive for you guys. There are four main types of ramen broth. Shio, which is, uh, it means salt in Japanese, is traditionally the way that ramen soup was flavored, usually the lightest color of the broth. So, of course, they they have different stuff um, in, in their broth. Uh, often pork bones, I believe, is like the most common used. Uh, and they they just boil it over like a long period of time. They do this good. with any bones, so like pork bones, cow bones, fish. Yeah. It's it like making a stock. Yeah. So when, when you're making a stock, yeah, it's very common. And for ramen, I think the most popular bone is pork bones. Oh, okay. And then every now and again, you go to like Semontem, another good word, a specific like a specialty store um, that does like chicken bones. And so they make the super rich chicken broth, which I haven't gone to too many, but I, I hope that I can go sometime. It's got all that good umami in it. Yeah, all the umami. And so there's shio, and then there's one of my favorites, shoyu, which is uh, soy sauce. Um, the difference between the table soy sauce is that it's usually kind of like flavored differently. It's a lighter soy sauce flavor that they put into the soup, and then they mix it with other ingredients to create like their, their, uh, their shop's specialty flavor, right? Typically a darker color, as you could imagine, with uh, soy sauce as the base. Uh, and then another base, they have miso, which is the staple that Isaac and I just talked about. Miso soup, 
They have miso as the broth is made from the miso paste, making the soup opaque. Uh, it, in comparison, the flavor is deep and fuller. However, miso has a potential or potent uh, flavor and may not be preferable for some diners. I know that's true with like some people that try miso, but I personally really like miso. So if you haven't tried it before, go try it. Give it a go. I feel like miso is just one of those things. I'm a fish when it comes to it. Just give it to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So we, we've gone through three. Shio, shoyu, and miso. And the last one, tonkotsu, is, uh, is not just a flavor by itself. But it is usually, or it contains salt or soy sauce, most commonly. But tonkotsu means pork bone. And I don't know exactly, like, the, the creation, the making, the difference. If you guys want us to research more into that, let us know. But they, they dissolve more of these bones, and the stock is usually cooked in 12 to 15 hours. And in my experience living in Japan, tonkotsu is, like, the stinky ramen place. So, like, when you go in there, it has, like, a thick smell, like a wave that comes over you. And that's how you know you're getting into a tonkotsu ramen place. And not one of the other three. It's like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You walk in, it's like, oh, what is that smell? As a foreigner walking, you're like, what is that smell? Yeah. It smells like trash. And then you get the, you get the ramen, you're like, yeah, give me more. It's not just, yeah, like, I think that's the thing that put me off tonkotsu at the, at the, the beginning or like getting into tonkotsu ramen. Um, I went to a crazy stinky one. And it's not just foreigners, right? My host mom thought that um, this this tonkotsu ramen place that, that is near there that they, they took us to. My host brother, myself, and my friend from Canberra, Martin, um, we went to this place, and it was just, it was, like, real stinky, like, worse than other tonkotsu places, and I was just, I couldn't believe it. It was insane, the, the smell that it had. But the flavor is so good. Did you eat the ramen there? I... I wasn't feeling great that day on top of everything else. And then when we went to the store, so I had a, I had a cola, but I tried my host bro gave me a bit of his rum to try at least. And it was surprisingly good. And like from then, and from that experience, I ended up pushing myself to go to more tonkotsu ramen um, because I'm, I'm very highly sensitive to smell. Like that's, that's just me as a person. And so I was like a little bit turned off of it, but after having tried it and I've gone there, I figured I may as well try some more, some different places. So I did. And it's uh, quite nice. So I think my favorite ramen is probably going to be shoyu or miso. Depends on the day for me. But those have like thicker, kind of more rich tastes. Um, I'm not much of a shio person. I think there's like a bit, for me personally, I feel like there's there's not enough oomph for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, look, I think all ramen is good in its own respect. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have a favorite to be honest. I like shoyu, but I'd like to I'd like to try tonkotsu and also miso ramen because I think uh, isn't miso a specialty in some place? Yes, that's a that's a good point you bring up. Miso is a specialty in Hokkaido, uh, so I went to Hokkaido a good couple of times now, and man, they make some good ramen. Um, if you go to, they have like ramen. They call it ramen muda, or they have like ramen. I don't know, the ramen street kind of thing in like Kyoto, in Tokyo, in like bigger cities. 
and usually they'll like pull together some of the best ramen in the country. So they often have Hokkaido has the the miso ramen. Nice. That's on my list to go to, like Hokkaido for the snowboarding and all the other it's good fantastic. stuff. Okay, when we get to go to Hokkaido sometimes together, they have ramen muda, like the ramen village. And onsens. And onsens. But the ramen village, you can go there and uh, specifically for the place, they sell like half size ramen so that you can go to the next store and try another ramen and then you can try another ramen and try another ramen. And so they sell it in like smaller bowls so that you can keep going to other places. And it's cheaper, of course, as well. So what you're telling me is I'm going to walk out of there weighing 10 kilos heavier and then go straight to the straight to the onsen and relax. I mean, that's what happened with me, man. <laughs> that's That was exactly my night, you know? <laughs> I was going to say onsen, onsen, onsen. Not ramen store to ramen store to ramen store and then to the onsen. And then to the onsen. And then to have your, your milk at the yeah. end of the onsen. Anyway, onsen's... Laying your futon. On, yeah, onsen's not our topic today. We'll get back to the food. But uh, ramen, definitely a beauty. And another beauty that you have coming up that I think doesn't get enough light shone on it is bentos. Hey. O bento. O bento. Mm deliciousness in a box um what's, what's your experience with bentos where to start where to start so bento is also like it's kind of been this thing that i've known about for a long time like just assumed it was a lunchbox and never really had like a i want to say close relationship with it like i had it for the first time when i was over in japan um with my fiance and so i had one and i was like oh it wasn't bad like you know being in japan it's good like as all good japanese food is but i was like it, it didn't hit me like it was nothing special kind of thing and then a couple of years later i'm down there in brisbane with you this year well last year now and uh we went to the japanese store mazuri and uh had a obento for the first time like a proper japanese obento from this yeah. japanese couple that run it and it blew my socks off i think we went there four times that trip I think we did. And I think I go there pretty often still. I went there last week. Um, for anyone who is living in Brisbane, if you search Mazuri, it's it's done with the Matsuri kanji, but they 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 spell it Mazuri for, I think, for everyone's Aussie's purpose. I'm pretty sure it's M-A-Z-R-O. Yeah. Um, they, it's a couple from Kansai who, who are there. They're making food, and it's fantastic. But yeah, your bento experience. So you went there and then you fell in love with bentos even more. And so now you can't wait to see what other bentos are in Japan. Hey. Oh yeah, indeed. I mean, I'm just keen to go back and have some more bentos off them next week. That's that's true. I'm down for some bentos. Um, but yeah, so bentos are pretty much a lunchbox. Like they can be made of more or less anything. They have some staples, which is obviously rice and miso. And the ones that you take away, not so much miso, but generally you have some rice and then you'll have two main dishes and two side dishes. So, for instance, in a homemade one, you could have some rice, and then as a side dish, you could have some karage or some potato salad, some peanut miso. Peanut miso? Yeah, yeah. So, specifically at that store, I haven't seen peanut miso so much in other places, but at Mazuri, they have this peanut miso, which is just it's it's a uh, peanuts sautéed in miso miso stuff. It tastes so good. Yeah, it's like heaven. It's so great. Um, but yeah, so like it's made up of multiple components to make the box. So it's like taking a lunchbox and like if you're from Australia, it's like grabbing, packing your your crackers and then your cheese and your cabana, but you slam it all together in one box. 
and it's delicious. Yeah. And somehow it all like, because I think that's the thing as well with bentos. Hey, so Aussie, your classic uh, like school lunches or the, the stuff that you'll pack to work. I feel like the lunch boxes don't, they don't mend together. It's just you have a bunch of like separate things. A bunch of different bento, snacks. Yeah. And what bento I feel like does well is the like mixing of you have a flavor and, and you have like a bunch of strong flavors. Like somehow it like all mixes together because of the the umami. We'll, we'll throw it on the umami. Again, it just like combines well. Yeah. So uh, for the one we had in uh, in Brisbane at Mazudi, you have like your teriyaki chicken or your teriyaki beef or something like that. And then you can get like a little cold salad to go with the rice or, you know, peanut miso. And then you get your other side dishes. So I like to get the karage and tempura. Um, and then you've obviously got your rice and your miso, a couple pickles in the rice. You're set. That, that bad boy will fill you up for a couple hours. Yeah, it's it's a pretty decent portion to give you hay. Like, what is it? 15 bucks or something. And we have that at lunchtime. Then I don't feel like eating dinner at nighttime. Like, it's it's a good size for what you're paying. Yeah. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, fully with that. Do you have anything else on bentos? We have... Yeah, you you pretty much covered what bentos yeah, are. Right. There's all different styles and that. I mean, if you look up bentos on the internet, there's there's not one set style. It's like a the the best way to put it is a lunchbox that staples rice and then yeah. generally has some kind of side dishes in it. And a lot of people make, especially at home and for kids and that, a lot of people make them take to work. Like the wife will generally make an bento for her husband or kids to take to school and work and all that good I stuff. I feel like what I, I what I've seen from like the host family that I had was um well like from hearing from friends was like you would you would have some of the leftovers which would be mixed into the bento but then of course you'd get like other stuff that was freshly made in the morning often made by the the mother and so you, they would get like the egg the egg things and whatnot but like for at least for my host family like my mom the the host mom man her her cooking on the bentos and stuff just pushing them out i was like oh so good it's but, um, it's interesting to watch them kind of people cook as well well i don't say kind of people boy like japanese people cook and the way they're just so quick at doing it because they've got to do so much yeah i feel like i feel like japanese cooking well at least the way that i saw it um was like it's quicker i feel like almost like like uh the way that they go about it and the way that they they know what they're doing the movements and stuff is of course there but then like on top of that, the actual food that they cook, because they don't use ovens so much in Japan, that might be a big thing. I'm not sure. Um, but they use like uh, stove a lot of fry pans. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fry pans. And because they don't use ovens, because ovens isn't a really popular thing, they don't, they use, they cook less baked stuff. And so where we have a culture in baking things, baking takes time, especially when you put like a huge, Huge something in there, right? No, you put a roast or something in the oven. It's taking a couple hours, whereas they're just whoosh, done. Yeah, exactly. So I think that might contri- contri- contribute contribute. There you go. That's the word to uh, you know the speediness of it. But definitely, um, our recommendations: ramen and bentos. I could talk about ramen forever. I ate ramen like at least once a week during my uh, exchange in 2019. I was just all about ramen. That's like my happy place. And luckily for me, my girlfriend is all about ramen as well. So we got to go all the time. 
and share in all the ramen experiences. And I can't wait to have more more ramen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So Mick, where can they find us? Where can they find us? You guys can find us if you're listening uh, on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening on Spotify, uh, what others? I think we just got a for Google. Yeah, we're on Stitcher as well. Um, we're also on Pocket Cast. We can't actually see it on our system, but our friend linked us into Pocket Cast as well, so we're on there. Okay, so we're on Pocket Cast as well. So if any of these is ringing a bell for you and is the one that you listen to, um, we're just trying to put this podcast on as many platforms as we can for uh, you listeners to just enjoy on the app that you enjoy using. Um, as well as we are putting podcasts up on YouTube. So even if you don't end up, well, I mean, if you end up being on desktop and you want to listen or you want to have a visual cue or something, we're going to be, yeah, we, we are putting stuff on YouTube. So if you want to check us out on YouTube, um, you can find us. We are, uh, let's let's have a, let's have a quick look here myself, right? I'm on I am on. A you should account. be able to catch our account on YouTube by typing in the Aussie Shoguns or Aussie Shoguns. Yeah, and then maybe because there's we don't have enough subscribers yet. If you if you go Aussie Shoguns, and then um, you put the the filter. Oh no, we come up first. Okay, awesome. I know. I know what I'm talking about. Awesome. You know what you're talking about. You've already done it. So if you put Aussie Shoguns, A-U-S-S-I-E space S-H-O-G-U-N-S. If you put that into YouTube, you'll be able to find us. I've been working hard to put some of that stuff on YouTube. So we'd really appreciate uh, if you can go show us some love there. Throw us a quick subscription. Subscribe. Um, And yeah, that's where you you can find us. If you have any questions, you can hit us up at Facebook on the Aussie Shoguns or the Japan Show, I believe it's called. Yeah. So we have a Facebook uh, account. There should be more more stuff that we'll work on getting up at some point. But for now, we have Facebook. Um, if you want to post comments on YouTube, we'll be able to see it there. So if you have topics that you want us to talk about, go quick, go check us out there. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening to this was podcast three, I believe. Yeah, podcast three. The podcast Japan three, show. the Japan show. Thank you so much for listening again, and uh, hopefully you can catch us again next week on uh, podcast four. Johnny, Johnny.